When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to Real Estate Sustainability. This week, Nick and I, we were invited on Rob Bogan's Curated Culture. So it's a little bit different than our usual show. The whole thing isn't necessarily nonstop sustainability, but I think it's a good conversation. It's relevant to sustainability. And of course, I always try to push it back and reframe it with sustainability. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's the dangers of misinformation. Enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you all for hitting play on this episode of The Curated Culture. I am, if you can't tell by my voice, I am very excited. I'm giddy right now. I'm joined by a couple special guests. We've uh, collaborated in the past, but I'm very excited to be talking to these gentlemen. I have Mr. Mike Nazarian from the Realistic Sustainability Podcast. Mike, how are you doing? I am good. I'm excited to be here for my second time. Yes, absolutely. And of course, we are also joined by Nick Nazarian from Melting Me and also the Realistic Sustainability Podcast. Yes, of course, I'm going to throw Melting Me in there. Of course I am. Star Nick, how's it Melting going? Me. It's the star. It is going fine. Thank you for that marvelous introduction. <laughs> Fantastic. Gentlemen, we have a very, at times, divisive, but a very prevalent subject to talk about this evening. And that subject just so happens to be in the uh, arena of misinformation, how it spreads, how it starts, and what we can do to A, protect ourselves from it, and B, how we can also help it from spreading within our social networks. So I'm really, 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 really looking forward to getting into this discussion with you guys. And I want to start with the beginning, I guess, Uh, misinformation, where it comes from more than ever. Now, I know for me, I would say 90% of the time when people come across misinformation is no longer by word of mouth, so to speak. It is generally because of social media. And that's because we're using it more frequently than ever right now. And there's so many different types of networks that you can use. You got Facebook, you got Instagram, you got Twitter, you have TikTok, you got Snapchat. There's so many different arenas that you can absorb all this information from. And there's a good chunk of it that just so happens to not have been vetted whatsoever. I know me personally, my first experience, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with this in particular, my first experience with uh, misinformation in regards to social media came all the way back in 2012. There was a social campaign, I forget the director's name, but it was for Kony 2012. There was allegedly a Ugandan militia leader, his name was Joseph Kony, who was accused of all these really, really terrible things, uh, recruiting child soldiers, genocide, terrorism, the whole shot. And there was this really wonderfully made uh, mini documentary about it and how 
we had to stop it right now. And, and all you have to do is click this link and support this cause and buy these buttons and we'll be able to stop this Ugandan terrorist. And I was so driven by the documentary. I was so emotionally invested in it. I didn't want children to die. I didn't want little Ugandan kids to be turned into, into soldiers or terrorists. So, of course, I lent my support as much as I could. I mm -hmm. shared it across my social media, only to find out a week and a half later that Kony was not active in Uganda and hadn't been active in Uganda since 2006. And the documentary was made in 2012. There was also a picture painted of a very black and white issue. This is good. This is bad. And it was remarkably more complex than that. And so I wanted to get you guys' take on the rise of misinformation via social media, first and foremost, and how you yourself try to prevent that from entering into your circle. What do you want to go first? Whoever, jump on in there. Well, then I will. Okay, so first things first. Yes, social media is the steroid for misinformation. Misinformation has happened since there's been information. That When I first started thinking about it, I originally go back to climate, being part of realistic sustainability and functioning around sustainability. In the book, A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, I talk about this, is that this is not the first time these things have happened. I look back at like whale oil versus electricity, where you had companies wanting to roll out DC electricity, talking about the fires that whale oils could have in the home versus whale oil saying, look, you could be electrocuted. You also had that the next step, the ACDC arguments where they were electrocuting elephants in the streets to, so, to show how unsafe something is. And this is just changing the narrative, changing the scope no different than what we do online. There was the member leaded fuel was perfectly safe. You had a CEO washing his hands with leaded fuel. By the way, he died of lead poisoning. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that out there. Or the fact that smoking wasn't bad. You had doctors coming into Congress and saying, hey, it's fine. This stuff has never changed. The biggest part is, is it can get everywhere instantly. Okay. Mass die-offs of animals happen all the time. If a magnetic line moves, birds can fly into the high into the low or sorry, the high atmosphere, freeze to death, fall and die. You frame that just right on social media, people think it's in today's. This stuff happens all the time. We just see it all the time. For example, sex trafficking and child sex trafficking. These things have happened forever. Decades upon decades. But you only heard about it when it happened in your town. You only heard about it as a missing child. You only heard about it if something happened in the adjacent town. Now we hear about it anywhere in the world. And that's why that impact is so darn painful. It's hitting us every six minutes, time and time again. And Facebook gets the clicks so you know they're throwing it back out there in front of you. Right. So when I look at a lot of this stuff, I have to remember, this isn't new. This is just hitting us more often. And it's designed more and more to trigger the emotion. And as anybody knows, when you're emotional, you're easy to manipulate. Absolutely. And and for, for you, Nick, it, just because I know you and I are kind of tempered the same way to where sometimes you see stuff and, and you just, it gets you right away, right? You get a little amped up. How, how do you yourself take that step back so that you don't respond to things just emotionally right away? 
and dive into actually, I don't like saying researching, but dive into actually looking it up and trying to debunk it or disprove it before you, you react or you share or anything like that. Okay. So as my, before I answer that, I'm going to preface this with, as my brother knows, I don't react and share out of emotion on Facebook unless I'm bored and I want to cause a problem. <laughs> um, sometimes I will drop a little Molotov cocktail out there and see who tears each other apart Sure. because I think things are funny, not violence or frustration or, or even to see arguments per se, but some things I find to be so outlandish, I struggle to think that people can believe them. And then mm. he'll call me and start to give me a lecture and I'll have to try to defuse him for 15 minutes before I get it through his head that I'm not an idiot. And I know and I think everyone should know <laughs> by the headline alone. Now, with that all being said, I think that one of the greatest things about the internet, and this was my 20s, the greatest thing about the internet is anyone can post anything they want. And in my 30s, the worst thing about the internet is that anyone can post anything they want. It is probably the most controversial and violent addition to free speech that we've ever seen. And I say that because if you're if you're growing up in a small town, odds are that you had a, a heated moment with one of the locals or your neighbors over a really ignorant or just ridiculous topic. You know, those odds are pretty good because that's just how small towns operate. But with social media, you get to throw it out there. And then when you throw it out there, regardless of what it's over, it could be over something that is true and you feel very strongly about or just something that, like you said, you read it and you react real hard and boom, you put your, your perspective out there and maybe you get 20 responses. Well, those 20 responses could be productive, they could be combative, or they could just be just terrible. And I've experienced that a lot. I spent a lot of my time for a long time trying to right the wrongs, if you will, or the wrong like mindset online on social media. And I've gotten lots of Twitter fights and, and Facebook message battles that took on hours of my time and my energy and just the kind that you've done nothing but sit with your your hands on a phone or on a computer and at the end of it let's say it's an hour you're exhausted like you just want to take a nap and go to bed because it accomplishes nothing i personally when i see those even if ones that look like they could be true and i don't take the time to research them no matter what the response it elicits from me i know that it's not going to accomplish anything for me to try to address it on the computer if it's posted by someone that i care about that i really think maybe is misled I'll private message them and I'll have the conversation. I'll call them. I'll go see them. But for the most part, I think that because of the kind of society we are, which we are a gossiping society, you know, way before social media, we had terms like tall tales or wives tales or things that were a little too big to be true. And as the world like my brother alluded to has become way more public with some of the, the negative aspects of it. All of that mentality has just shifted to negativity because that's clickbait. It gets what gets attention. You, for some reason, as a human being, you're always going to lean more towards sharing and talking about the terrible, destructive nature of humanity versus the good things, the positive changes that we can bring about. And that's something you have to think about because otherwise you're going to get wrapped up in the misinformation because sometimes misinformation out of ignorance is not nearly as bad as misinformation with intention to misdirect people. I believe intention has a lot to do with it. And if someone's just ignorant, like I'm ignorant a lot of times, there's a lot of times I say some ignorant things, but I appreciate when I'm corrected. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. I hope people do when I do follow those tropes and I post something outlandishly stupid. I guess I'm rambling on this. I don't know. Like it's something I get kind of charged about because I think that it goes deeper than just the intent to mislead. I think for a lot of people, they just get caught in bad conversations or not prepared to really have on a real level. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that you're rambling at all. It's, it is this conversation 
is doing exactly what misinformation does, which is it, it elicits a certain type of emotion, a certain type of response from you. And I think having this conversation is, is really important. And I think it should be had on a, a larger scale. I, I want to kind of transition the talk a little bit into different types of misinformation and, and how it impacts you. We know we typically see a couple of different I call them main misinformation breeders, right? It's your cultural misinformation, things that impact the environment or your community. There's your political misinformation, which what you were just saying, Nick, is I feel like sometimes pushes a little more into the intentional misleading of people. And then, of course, you have uh, your scientific misinformation where people try to cite studies and all that. And I know, Mike... Go ahead, Mike. No, there's one more to that is the that cherry picking. Yes, because there are one of the worst things that I have found, especially when you're dealing with climate and sustainability, mm-hmm. is when someone takes a sliver of absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And the last one I saw recently, and it escapes me the name, but I think it was Tuskegee College that had put it out where the United States did a syphilis test to see how it affect by not treating individuals. So down in Alabama, <laughs> they got a bunch of black men to come in and we're going to give you free health care. And then it was, it was a terrible experiment. Why, I mean, why that is that even an experiment? Well, back then we did some really bad experiments. Really, Define, really, really terrible then. things. So, but what I saw a couple of days ago is a post that shows that experiment. Mm-hmm. And I'm, 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 I'm going to say experiment with, air quotes because it's not right and underneath it says and they lured you in with the idea of free health care yeah wow so this is true this happened yes but how are they manipulating that to play a narrative and that which i believe is the most dangerous because when someone looks it up they go holy crap that happened and that did happen yeah i, I think i think you are 100 right on that and and i would like to say that we see now, more of the political and the cultural misinformation, just because, again, those things will hit our immediate circle faster than anything, right? Because everybody has some sort of political opinion about one thing or the other, and everybody has opinions on how things work in society and how they should work. My question is, in regards, especially with the cultural side of things, society, sustainability, particularly uh, a lot of times the misinformation is being presented as if it is rooted in science. Like you said, people cherry picking. Why, why do you think, despite the fact that we have information more readily available to us than ever before, why do you think it is so difficult for somebody to go, well, that, that doesn't sound right? Well, I think it's the six second commercial. That six-second commercial, we we now have this attention span. If it's an eight-second commercial, people just skip it. Mm. They'll just move on to a whole new thing. We jump from topic to topic so quickly. I, I once posted a non-article that said 72% of people only read the headlines of an article. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. And if you clicked on it, oh, it would Spanish. say the same thing, and then it was gibberish. Wow. It was just smacking a keyboard. There was no rhyme, no punctuation, (laughs) no rhyme or reason. That got shared 10 times. I got 
two laughs, and one of the laughy faces is on this call. Oh, so funny. <laughs> Most people just took it as fact because yeah. we, our attention span is six seconds. The very Mark- bottom of it was two paragraphs of Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Marketing knows our attention span. They, they study it. It's six seconds. No one mm-hmm. takes the time to read the articles anymore. Those of us who read something are almost dinosaurs. It's the headline that caught. Matter of fact, if you go on to certain online news sources or cable entertainment news sources, as I would rather put it, sometimes you'll find the same article on both sites. Mm-hmm. On opposed, it's it's an AP article. It is word for word the exact same with two grossly opposite headlines because they know no one's going to click it. And that, I find um, that really interesting. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. No, I'm sorry. I have a lot to say about this, and I'm trying to find a way to angle it so it's acceptable and not 45 minutes long. Uh, go ahead. Um, we got time. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I am gonna I'm gonna answer two things. When you ask why is it like people don't think freely for themselves, I I think that for the majority of people, I think there's a huge amount of people that subconsciously don't really find themselves to be intelligent enough in certain topics to trust their better judgment. So when they see something that is based on science, they instantly just assume it's right. And then when they click on the link, if they do, they read just enough to confirm the title, which is confirmation bias. And then all of a sudden they share it because it's right, even though it might have 12 paragraphs that really put into perspective that narrative didn't. With that also being said, I think that a lot of it, and I'm going to ruffle some feathers on this, a lot of it is based in a, our country's religious background. Now, I say that because you have however many Christian denominations, and I'm not knocking any of them, but I'm saying they all teach from the same book, and they're all right by the scripture they teach in the same book, and they preach it to you under the uh, the assumption you're never going to read the Bible all the way through with a critical mind, leaving notes of where things contradict each other. I say that because most people take that same mentality, and they don't click on the articles. They don't look at the the research behind it. They don't read it for themselves. They don't give themselves the opportunity to really think for themselves. They just, okay, well, I'm an idiot. So this guy's smarter than me and then they must be right. So then they start, you know, putting their team colors on regardless of what sport they're playing. And I'm not, I don't actually mean sport for those of you that know me and they share it. And it's frustrating because you're right. And Mike, Mike said some cool stuff and, and some true stuff, but like the U S has done some gnarly, terrible things in the past. Some things were done in the name of science. Some things were masked in the name of science. And if you don't take the time to read the studies and find out what's right, you're going to have the wrong opinion. Well, and I think sometimes we subcontract this. We have pushed people to a breaking point where they have to work a lot just to yeah. maintain their lifestyle. And it is becoming more and more difficult to have a hobby, more and more difficult to just have extra time. People are working two and sometimes three jobs just to maintain mm-hmm. their household. So I think we, in some case, subcontract our thought and opinion to a political team, for an example. I identify as this team. This is my menu. I defend it. I don't have to know it. I just, I just can't violate it or I'll get kicked out of my team. Yeah, it, that, so it makes it easier. I don't have to read. I don't have to think about it. I just have to regurgitate what I heard last night on the entertainment show on my cable news. There's also people that get mad about the fact check button. Hey, <laughs> why is it every time I post something, it says I've been fact checked? Well, if you click the button, they will tell you exactly why. <laughs> uh, okay, so that that's half true. 
Some websites have an amazing fact check button. Some websites you click on it and then it gives you a poll of people that said nine out of 10 individuals found this to be factually inaccurate, but mm-hmm. give you no sources that prove it's wrong. And I find that yeah, to be very useless. funny. That's useless. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it um, is. It's, it, I think it's hilarious. But I also think that you hit on a very, very, very important point. When you're a person working a soulless job that you thoroughly, solely just hate, like you don't even realize that there's a point of being complacent i don't want to say comfortable complacent with uh, a certain degree of miserableness where you it's just your life you don't realize you're unhappy because you don't know what happy is it's kind of like getting used to having a really bad pain in your knee for so long you forget it's there because that's just your way of life so you just do things you do things you would never see yourself doing like the, if you were to go back and talk to yourself 15 years prior you probably wouldn't recognize yourself and i think that it has a lot to do with it. i think that you know your exhaustion with life plays a heavy role in critical thinking or the lack thereof Absolutely. And I think we we see a lot of that uh, in our, I like to use this phrase a lot, but it's true in our immediate circle. And I want to ask, let's start with you, Nick. Uh, How often do you think it is that, you know, people know that they have a large segment or, or a pretty decent amount of people that trust them to where they do intentionally put things out there because they know that people will take their word for it and not second guess it? Um, I think that if you're talking like what my thought, what my thought is on the average circle of friends, I think it's pretty common. I think that every circle of buddies, whether they be females or males, has that certain degree of conversation where they just complain about something and they blow it out of proportion. Usually it's your job or it's a, a argument with your significant other where they blow it out of proportion for the sake of a conversation. So everyone rallies behind him and you have a good, you have a good moment. And then, but you know, it's BS because if that were to happen in front of their significant other, the tables turn very quickly. And I think that kind of stuff happens a lot, but I think that that's kind of for most people where the intentional misleading kind of comes to a halt because I think that to feel that comfortable with their own people, I mean, to really be that comfortable to grasp those situations, you have to either be very close to them or you have to be incredibly charismatic and very, very manipulative. Personally, that's why I made the comment before we start recording about politicians. I think that the politicians that intentionally do it are terrible, but the ones that are doing it because they're financed by people that are making them doing it are just as terrible. I don't really think that there is a viable excuse for it. I think that like in my circle of friends and my my circle of friends, I'm an eclectic person. I like all different kinds of people. Some people are crazy like me. Some people are super chill and none of us, none of us ever argue about anything, but we're also we're also all confrontational. Every one of us. So like if you said so, if we were hanging out and you said something that was just I thought was outlandish and ridiculous, I'd go, why? I would just confront you in that moment. Not to be rude or to get into an argument, but if something challenges my narrative or the way I think, I need to know if it's grounded in factual reality or if you're just on cloud nine and I you're trying to BS me and we're going to have a good time. Because I think that those conversations need to happen. I think that people's differences are their strengths but they need to be able to understand that a difference of opinion isn't a reason to argue or fight. It's a reason to understand. And I think that that's missing. 100%. I, I, and I, I love, I love that response. I, I want to ask Mike a question though, in regards to, you know, your, your specific area of expertise, although there's a thousand of them, I'm sure. Thousand and six. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. One thousand. Well, then six. that means I have no expertise. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I, I'm curious, though, you know, on, on the line of uh, intentional mis- misleading, I run across people that are so incredibly ill-informed, and, and I myself struggle with being completely informed about how things impact our environment, how things impact our planet, and, and how we are going to keep this thing we call home planet going <laughs> without completely robbing it of all the resources. Uh, my question is, how much of the misinformation that people receive revolving around the environment or around the climate do you think is sowed by financial gain? About 99% of it. It is, and it, what it is, is, is they change the scope of what they're looking at. That's one of the reasons why the book was written. That's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast because the discussions have to happen. I always worry about someone listening to me and not checking me. I I do seriously worry about that. I am very cautious how I speak. I recently had a nephew in my truck tell me a big, long political story. I immediately fired back. He changed his opinion on the spot, and I told him that's the worst thing he could have ever done. I didn't see you fact check me. Don't you Mm. ever change your opinion because I said it. You go make sure what I said is right. And that is that is very important to me, first of all. So if you're listening to this and I say something wrong, get that message to me. I actually welcome them. Now, almost everything, and it doesn't matter if it is an oil company. It doesn't it doesn't matter if it is Greenpeace. All these things run financially, and that is a problem. So what we have here is selective reasoning. So I will attack the things that don't pay me because I can justify it morally as I'm still attacking something that's bad. But none of these organizations root cause the problem. They pick a few things to jump on and they attack. It's no different than uh, recently a friend of mine said they bought a Happy Feets DVD and inside had this thing of here's the fish companies you can buy good fish from. How does that card get made? Right. Who made it? Where did it come from? It's inside of a commercial product like this is greenwashing is 99% of the problem when it comes to sustainability, because the realistic side of it is, is we just have to use less. We just have to change a few materials. We have to get out of this consumer culture and go back to what grandma and grandpa did. It isn't necessarily complicated, but when you muddy the waters, when you've got a congressman saying, look at this chart. And they've taken seven years of a 30-year study where you see a reverse in the climate and say, look, I'm showing you the truth. This is a study from the University of Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. No, that is a third of a study or a quarter of a study from the the University of Birmingham, Alabama. (laughs) You've changed the scope. (laughs) And that's where your 99% is financially driven. Which is, that's absolutely incredible to me because- 99% of, 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 you know, that misinformation comes by way of, of reasoning of financial gain, but there's not that many people that actually stand to financially gain from that. You know, there's, there's these big corporations and the people that lead them, the standard everyday Joes like you and I, we don't, we don't see that, that financial gain. So why do you think it's, it's so hard for people to, like you say, push back or, or research or fact check those things. Is, is money managed misinformation that powerful? Okay, so there's misinformation. 
where someone is actively telling you something wrong. But then there's also redirection. And that's where you see a big chunk of this. If you watch, if you go to any major organization, for, for an example, when they talk about the ocean, they tell you the things that they want you to focus on. Most of that is so that we take it in ourselves when corporations really have to be responsible for it. Okay. We have to pick up the litter. We have to be responsible on how we dispose of things. We have to recycle. Well, we can't recycle. I can put something in a recycle bin and they're going to throw it in the trash. There is a difference between misinformation, which Mm -hmm. for an example, Dallas wind turbines are freezing and wind turbines don't work. That's misinformation. They took Mm -hmm. a lot of information out of that and used a narrative. Or the plastic patch in the ocean, in the Pacific Ocean, the size of Texas, or sorry, at its smallest point, the size of Texas, is your water bottles and straws, which is a redirection because a lot of it is, most of it is fishing nets. And, right. the, and a big chunk is microplastics, two other big problems. But they want you to not use a straw and not use a water bottle. Now, mm-hmm. with me saying that, by the way, don't use a straw, don't use a water bottle, <laughs> stay using reusable items. But That's the problem. And why is it so impactful to us? First of all, Mm -hmm. they gave me an action plan. I'm just not going to have a straw. I order my iced tea now, you know, unsweetened iced tea without a straw, please. They gave me an action plan. I'm following through. So I feel like I'm doing good things. I'm not saving anything because 51% is fishing nets in the ocean. And the other part is, is people are pushed to the wall. They don't have to. These are complex issues. You know, I I once had two parents going off about finance on Facebook. The fact is, neither of them even knew 1% of the problem. No one's ever studied economics at a level it takes to solve that problem. They they knew 1% of the problem and even less of the answer. But one had an answer from one team. The other had an answer from the other team. And I'll be darned, they're going to fight about it. It was an awesome popcorn moment. (laughs) So the... People just don't have that kind of time because to solve a complex economical problem like sustainability really is, man, you got to dig deep. You have to get into it. You have to be even more than me level. You got to get into it so deep that it is exceptionally complex. And almost everything a politician says, the reason why it hasn't been fixed in so many years is because it's that complex. They just simplify it so we can pick a team. Any problem that has notoriety across the entire world, or in this case, our country, any issue isn't going to be a black and white issue. There might be black and white outlines, but there's going to be, you know, the majority of it's going to be in gray. All of it is got tons of contributing factors. Everything Mike said is true. Absolutely. And the, the problem with though, especially with sustainability is part and parcel. A lot of people can't handle saying when they're wrong. It's easier for people to agree with a team when they don't know where to get the proper information from. And this is where the basis of our podcast comes from. A lot of the information isn't written for the average person to understand it at all. A lot of it is either fire and brimstone, living on moss in the woods with like compost, you toilets. Know, no, yeah, compost toilets, or it's written for such a college degree that I struggle to understand it. And you can't educate a population like that. You have to speak plainly to people so they understand it because not everyone is going to be, you know, an engineer with a master's or is going to be a microbiologist or is going to be someone that just has an amazing vocabulary. Not everyone gets those words. Well, and I I want to say one last thing before we move on. Mm -hmm. Because of how the political structure is and how quickly people turn, no one can do a long-term solution anymore. uh, Sustainability has long-term solutions. 
through education, but no one has the time to do that, or they may not get elected next time. So everything is this, it's like we're taking the diet pill of knowledge every single night. We're trying to take the shortcut every possible place we can, because we have to show something very quickly so that everybody says, yay, you, I'm reelecting you. And no one likes really unsexy, basic information. It's not fun. People like the mocking and, you know, turning everything into a show. It's not entertained. And if we don't do long-term solutions, we don't get a long-term result. One hundred percent. And I'm, I'm glad that you said that because we live in an age now. I, I spoke about the, the Coney 2012 thing right at the top of the, of the show here. But we live in an age where everything is, is sensationalized and, and we kind of get that information overload, so to speak. You know, almost every single thing, everything that we've talked about tonight. There is something that you can go on to Netflix, for example, and, and watch a documentary about it. And there's somebody telling you, this is wrong. This is why. Here's how you change it. How can we, and I know that we can't stop it because it's, it's always going to be a thing going forward, but how do you, and this is for both of you, how do you think we can at the very least slow it down, both in, in our ingestion of it and having it reach you know, friends and family? Well, originally, it's funny. 10 years ago, we tried to slow it down on Facebook. I say we because I, I shared a few just for fun or mocked the people who did. And that's the and I just saw it this week. It doesn't matter if it's you're too scared to put Jesus on your Facebook, but it's really Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And you got that person on your friend and your friends list constantly throwing Obi-Wan up there as Jesus or <laughs> <laughs> Tropic, <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Remember, I, you know, Vietnam vets never get any play. I bet you're too scared to put them on. That has been stiller. That is favorite movie of all time. And just recently, (laughs) I saw a black and white photo. They said, I found this in the Walmart parking lot. Help me get it back to its owner. It was Marty McFly's parents from Back to the Future, the (laughs) actor and actress. So there was a bunch of these made so that when people shared them, we could, in a sense, collectively mock them because that's really what happens. And it didn't work. They just kept sharing them. It just kept making its way around and it didn't work. Now there's going to always be a large chunk of people who do not care. It does not matter. They don't have a specialty per se, except for what they do for a living. And they have subcontracted to either a political team or what their friends think, or they're part of a chess club, whatever it happens to be that they are, that they feel like they need to be a part of. They've subcontracted that menu of ideas to them. And it only conflicts when they find themselves on the other side of it. I, I always say, you know, for an example, or sorry, my brother has told me I can't say for an example. For example, <laughs> I'm trying to fix it, Sean. I, I'm sorry. He's for working example, on it. If you have a child mm-hmm. that has an abortion or is, you know, these are those topics that gets you or they come out of the closet and say, Hey, I'm gay. Those That's hot the button issues. That's the only time when it's on the other side of the menu where you see some people go, okay, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. This is my kid. This is totally different. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's simply just subcontracted. I'm not sure it's fully thought out. Cause if you ask five whys, which you have to do to root cause any problem, you don't make it past two. Usually Nick, what about you? 
Well, since Mike and I pretty much have the same family circle and the ones in his family that aren't technically my family blow my phone up as often as they do his, um, <clears throat> I can say that there is a lot of things that are shared on social media that for a lot of us, and the pop culture references are the best example, are shared in humor. Like we do it in satire because in our minds, no one should believe this is real. Everyone has seen the Tropic Thunder vet thing. Everyone has seen the Obi-Wan Jesus thing. And there are some people that have maybe never seen those movies and they think it's real. And But in those moments when we share it, we don't con- that's not something we conceptualize. We just do it because we think it's hilarious. It's probably a poor choice of action to not consider the ignorance of someone else. And I, I say that not painting other people in a, in a bad light because there are just as many things that I'm ignorant in that I'm sure Mike could rattle off a dozen engineering terms and he could make things up and mix them in there. I would never know the difference. And it's just not a specialty of mine. I happen to be a pop culture idiot who loves everything that gets put on the screen. So I get all those things and I find them very humorous. And I think that with a vast majority of the people in my social circles, I'm safe in that regard. However, my family sometimes post some things that are questionable just like i do and to stop the spread of misinformation like i said I, it's kind of a pick and choose your battle thing so if it's something that's over something quite serious yeah i pride you to take the choice to privately message them i don't believe in having that fight publicly i don't believe that you can get anywhere by starting something off going you're wrong and this is why you're stupid you're never going to get a good response out of attacking someone especially doing it publicly and you may not intend to attack them but any public attempt to correct someone else in something they really believe in usually is taken far worse than it could be or than it's intended i I think that anything any interaction over text message which essentially social media is a giant text forum is generally received poorly i could say something to you in person and you could hear my tone and instantly have a calm response just from my tone. But when I type it, you have no idea what I mean or how I mean it. So I think that a lot of it is a lack of real communication. I always say that I find it ironic that social media has actually turned our civilization unsocial or not social. Most of us that grew up with the stuff that are in our 30s or older are okay, but a lot of the younger people can't process a conversation in person, especially a confrontational one. They just melt. My children can't handle it at all. Yeah. Um, they're getting they're getting better but i mean it's it's something where i think that every person every individual to really combat this has to look at their their demeanor and and the way they represent themselves online and when they type something that could be controversial or even in satire just think who's going to take this seriously and if they take it seriously what are the possible negative repercussions any idea you have should always be considered with the worst possible response like what is the most terrible way this could be taken and if that terrible way isn't that bad post it not a big deal but if it if it could be really gnarly maybe you shouldn't post it maybe you should put a disclaimer in front of it maybe you should say this is just a joke i think it's funny not trying to offend anyone because really if you don't you're just going to be adding to the problem we're all trying to prevent absolutely absolutely and i have to bring this up before we start wrapping up Speaking of of mind melting, I watched the comments, Nick, on your post that said, I can't remember if I'm wording it wrong, please correct me. But I think it said something along the lines of when the time comes, I 100% support mandatory vacations for everyone. (laughs) And the people read it as vaccinations. Vaccinations. And I kid Uh. you not. I sat and watched the comments for a good 20 minutes and just, it was like Royal Rumble. And that was, it 
it was it was hilarious but that that's one of those things to where you know like mike was saying earlier those really <laughs> hot button issues you really <laughs> kind of see people take a stance hard line one way or another it was hilarious i got called a commie that was my favorite <laughs> one uh yeah it was and I, I I messaged a guy and I was like, you know, when you say commie, I, I think chef like in, in Britain, but I know you don't mean that. So maybe you should read that post again. Then he posts, you know, something. Oh, my God, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, but my favorite thing, though, I have a, a dear friend of mine, well, a couple. They're, they're amazing. And and my friend April, she doesn't have a Facebook, but her husband does. And he read it as vaccination. He shoves his phone in her face and she reads it and goes, wow, people are really angry about vacations and then when she seen the look in his face she goes hold on a second she takes a picture of him and sends it to me and she goes this is shane overreacting to your post and <laughs> i thought it was hilarious but i'll be honest though the very first time i read that i read it as vaccinations too because i think that you guys can argue with me if you want but i think that when you get these ideas in your head and when I say ideas, I don't mean like a conscious idea. I just mean something subconsciously. The hot topic of right now is vaccinations. You see, you see a word that starts with a V. You see a C. You see the the lat, you know, the suffix, and your brain instantly completes the word in your head, and you read it wrong, even though it clearly says vacation. You read it as vaccination. It's almost like you're you're subconsciously primed for the argument. It's like you're ready to have that disagreement. So I read it as vaccination i stopped and read it again i was like it's not you spell vaccine this is vacation i want a vacation vacations are awesome i think that it's i think it's ingrained in our dna almost to look for a reason to not believe something and i think that's actually i think that i think that bs center that we're all supposed to have from being raised and going to school is actually like malfunctioning and causing all of us to argue and fight because you're right i got drugged through the, the pits on some of those comments that was hilarious yeah, it was. I, I, I legit laughed for 20 minutes watching the comments roll in. But I, I bring that up because that is misinformation in, in, in a nutshell. There's There could be an unseen amount of people who have seen your post or maybe somebody else shared it somewhere along the line yeah. and immediately said, can you believe this person feels this way about this thing? And it was a mistake in their reading. They misread it. The mm -hmm. word very clearly says vacations. You didn't manipulate it in any kind of way. Uh -huh. Did you notice that Facebook used to, and I use Facebook you know, by name because that is the most common social media platform most of us have. Facebook used to, when someone would share your post, it would tell you when they shared it? Yes. Okay. That only happens now when they're on your friends list. If someone off your friends list, like I'm not sure about you, but for me, anyone can see my stuff. I have a very public profile. Yep. If someone shares it, it'll just say share at the bottom, but I'm not allowed to see who shared it or who they shared it to. And because of that, that frightens me because I don't want to be, I don't want my actions, whether in earnest and ignorance or in satire to be misinterpreted or misrepresented. I'm I'm a very honest person. I'm a very open person. And I'm also at times a very wrong person. But I am the first person to say, yep, I said that. This is why. This is my perspective. If you disagree, let's talk about it. And sometimes those conversations get hot and heated. Sometimes they're not. But I like to represent myself as someone that's approachable, that I'm always, I'm, I believe in always being teachable if possible. And because of those things, I, I worry that I, that I miss those opportunities to represent myself correctly. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a very viable uh, concern. I think moments like that, and, and especially the age that we're living in right now, which I have lovingly deemed the age of misinformation, everything 
is a teachable moment. And, and I think that's that's what I kind of want to end on. In a sense, not everything is is what it seems, but it can be with the right attention, the right devotion, and just simply making sure that you at least do your diligence to look into not only things that you're hearing, but the things you yourself are perpetuating. Final thoughts before we get out of here, gentlemen? Well, it used to take a lot of money to delay things. It used to, you used to have to buy 3% of scientists. You know, 3% of scientists said that smoking was okay. You got to smoke another 50 years. 3% of scientists says climate change is, is a hoax. We drag out any kind of reaction. Now you don't have to spend that kind of money. Facebook will let you give them as much money as you want, and all you need is clickbait. So before I close, I want to say, first of all, echo chambers are dangerous. When you silence a friend, defriend someone, when you're, when, and Facebook itself will do it for you, you will only see the things you like, and you won't see the things you don't like, which is forced confirmation bias, okay? And that's only going to get worse with our youth. And even the next worst step to that is, is when you start having social media groups that are, this is this kind of person. This is this kind of person. We joined this one because we're this team. Well, now you don't, you're not going to see anything that is outside of your realm. Everything in there is your reality. And that is very dangerous. Also mixed with that is deep fake videos. Because it's bad when, you, when you're not reading it and you only got a headline, but imagine seeing it and it not being true. That is a whole nother level of problem that we have to get ahead of. These are things that we can't, we cannot stop them from happening. Other countries are going to make these videos. You are going to see ridiculous things. It's going to be up to us to decipher the reality. And to do that, you, I feel like that's a K through 12 problem. You teach STEM and sustainability in every single subject and true history. K through 12. We have to build critical thinking. We have to understand how to research and we have to understand how to manage this planet correctly. These are all things that have to happen. Now, while I'm saying that, there's a lot of discussions. I'm going to go ahead and address a sustainability thing real quick. Line five, it's at the end of its life cycle. It's going to get closed down. Now they want to build a tunnel. It needs to be shut down. One of the largest bodies of fresh water with a petroleum line running through it that is way too old. The answer that you're hearing from people is if they cancel it, there'll be a price hike. They're attacking you with the financial burden you already have. If you're listening to this, understand one thing. Yes, they will temporarily punish you, but economics works in a different way. They will temporarily bump the price up, but when the demand drops, that price drops automatically. They'll punish you. People will talk about it. They will point at it. And that will be the reason why environments, uh, the environmental side it should be swept aside. That is a temporary punishment. Next, we have to understand manipulation. If you're getting emotional for any reason, stop and ask why. Is it because the show you're watching is bombarding you with angry information and bright colors at high speeds purposely designed to agitate you? If you're, if you're feeling upset, stop and figure out why. Because an upset person is the easiest to manipulate. Someone working from emotions and that logic is the easiest person to manipulate. And they can make you do some pretty bad things. Sometimes good people do bad things because of emotions. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the biggest things we have to focus on. 
is understanding that manipulation because it is everywhere. You'll see a meme out there that shows a Looney Tunes character with a gun versus a zombie video game with blood and bodies everywhere. This is no good, but this is. First of all, one of them has a rating where kids can't buy it off the shelf. The other one is your childhood. They're purposely taking generations and attempting to pit them against each other. Stop letting people manipulate you like that. That is just bad. They're doing it on purpose. They're creating anger. Fight for happiness. Fight for good. And the last thing that I really want to talk about is don't join any groups. Don't join me. Don't join Nick. Thought is a la carte. If you think some of the things that we say are good, thanks. I appreciate it. Now let's have that conversation. Don't join a political group because then they no longer have to work for your vote. Do not join an environmental group because then they don't have to work for your money. These are these groups get complacent and then they start to do what they think a couple of people want done. If everybody didn't join a group and we voiced exactly how we felt on a regular basis, they would have to do their job. Boy, that would be rough. So don't join groups, advocate for K through 12 education, because that's the root cause problem. And if someone's making you mad of a Facebook post, a video, a TV show, if you're watching the same news station and every night you're just pissed off, ask yourself why, because I guarantee it's not the information. Absolutely. Nail on the head. Wow. I think that's what they call a mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fantastically <laughs> said you know it, it, to touch on something that you said really quick I, I i do see a lot of that and i've 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 called it feels a lot like emotional terrorism a lot of times like people people are intentionally doing this to to sow chaos it's like the joker in in the dark night you know it, chaos is the only thing that people know Well, it's funny. I just saw that on Facebook. It's the Joker was right. And it was talking about these people will drop you in a, in a hand that goes to people fighting over toilet paper and it's showing these images. Mm -hmm. No, the Joker is not right. (laughs) Most people are good. And if you take them out of the herd, they change dramatically. Mm -hmm. People are bad when they're terrified and angry. Absolutely. And when you scare the crap out of someone on a regular basis, and they truly believe what they are seeing, they're going to do things completely out of character. If we continue to put the good out there, if we're the urban landscape or the edible landscaping project, that won't be the last good project we do around here. And I certainly hope people look that up and start doing it themselves. We can find good projects. Kindness is, is good. It's okay. Kindness is perfectly fine. Whatever happened in the 80s when we went from a we to a me, from give and care to Wolf of Wall Street, that needs to go away. That has broke society for far too long. If you see someone on the side of the road with a flat tire, pull over and help them. I've been told by friends and family, well, you can't do that. They could shoot you. Pull over. Then I die doing the right thing. How often can you say that? Pull over and help a person. Absolutely. I think that's positivity is an excellent note to wrap things up on. That's that's all I got, man. That's this has been a tremendous conversation. Mike and Nick, I want to thank you both for joining me. Uh, You guys want to throw out some social handles? Where can the people find you online to yell at you about your uh, your stance on certain things? Yeah, um, well, you can find me at Facebook.com slash Captain Nicky Mike. If for some reason you want to send me an email, Nick.Nazarian. Yeah, I know it's a long one. 
at gmail.com. And I, I'm not going to plug anything else because through my business ventures, I have stepped away from almost all podcasting for a little while, taking a little bit of a break. But I appreciate the time here. This has been an awesome conversation. And I love watching Mike get fired up about stuff. It's like my favorite thing. I love those popcorn moments. Yep. Starting to notice that every time Rob is around, there's something that happens where I start getting a little more aggressive than I usually am. It's hilarious. And sometimes <laughs> when I see it bubbling, I'll keep talking to watch it get worse. Yep. <laughs> and then I stop. Well, in case anybody's wondering, I'm usually very calm. If you want to get a hold of me, Twitter is mnaz2001. That's the Twitter handle to, to send it to me. Obviously, please take the time to listen to realistic sustainability. You can find it on any podcast platform. You can also go to the greening your life webpage, greeningyourlife.org or the Facebook page and or group. And any of those places, if you send a message, it's going to fall in my lap. Fantastic. And as, uh, as always, I am Robbie diesel at Robbie diesel on the tweets, on the Instagrams, on the Snapchats, on the TikToks. Even you can catch me virtually everywhere. I am one who does not shy away from confrontation. So again, if if you disagree with anything that we said, start with me. I'll make sure it gets to the correct department. Thank you guys so very much for listening. I appreciate you tremendously. Make sure to check us out at The Curated Culture on Facebook and Instagram at underscore Curated Culture on Twitter. We will catch you all on the next one. Thank you Adios. so much, Rob. I appreciate it. It's an honor. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I know I certainly did. Seems like every time we're with Rob, we have a great, great time. Although he does get me revved up here and there. Thank you for all of you who are putting reviews on iTunes and Spotify. We certainly do appreciate it. It does help so very much. So that's all we have for this week, and we'll see you next week. Feeling overwhelmed by climate change? Looking for sustainable and ethical brands to support? That Ethic is perfect for you. Ethic is a simple browser extension that helps you find sustainable and ethical brands online. Learn more at ethic.org. E-T-H-Y-K.org.